You ready to go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do this the whole time. I hope so. Are you recording? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. We're married, and over the years, we've accumulated over a thousand DVDs. That's too many DVDs. So every week, we'll randomly pick two movies from our collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs center. One disc leaves. This is... DVD Deathmatch. How are you doing? Uh, you know, pretty great. Still staying inside. <laughs> For quarantine. Hey, don't want to get that Rona. Yeah. Don't want to get that Rona. Yeah, I've lost count of the, like, weeks and stuff. Like, yeah. I feel like for a while it was like... Oh, it's week four. Right. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah, now it's like, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Great. Um, but it's all good. We're we're healthy. We're relatively happy. Hey. Most of, the, most of the people we know are the same way. So, like, let attitude of gratitude, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. We should just get into it. Okay. This is a cry for help, this whole thing. <laughs> All right, so we watched uh, two very different films. As teased on last week's episode of yes. DVD Deathmatch. Yes, we this watched. Week's. Oh, sorry. No, no, fine, it's fine. <laughs> this I did it last time. I feel like I wasn't talking enough. This time I wasn't. Wanna... Get in there, babe. Get in <laughs> this there. Sucks. Make your voice heard. Right, please cut this part out. No way. Um, <laughs> uh, as teased on last week's episode of DVD Deathmatch, we watched. Children of Men from 2006, directed mm-hmm. by Alfonso Cuaron. Cuaron. And Frosty the Snowman <laughs> from 1969, directed by Rankin and Bass. Rankin and Bass, that classic duo. <laughs> are they a classic duo? They, they are. They did all the, like, like Rudolph and, and... Oh, they did all of those. Like they the, got yeah. the Monopoly on that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not starting with Frosty. No, we're not. <laughs> we're going to start with Children of Men. We're, Save that for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children of Men, as you said, 2006, Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. The IMDb summary is, in 2027, in a chaotic world in which women have become somehow infertile, a former activist agrees to help transport a miraculously pregnant woman to a sanctuary at sea. That's like a very, like, poetic and succinct summary Mm -hmm. of this, of this Film. I'm yeah. kind of shocked, actually. Great job, <laughs> random IMDb user. Yeah, who right. That. Right, that's really great. Um, so let's get into it. I mean, the first thing, the first thing is that this film takes place only seven years from now, which yeah. is terrifying which, given the current state of the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. So when it was made, it was 21 years hence, and now it is seven years hence. Yeah. And it actually. It felt, I mean, it felt, you know, it's a product of the Bush era. It's a product of right. the Iraq war, Abu Ghraib, like all these things are in there woven into it. Um, but I think watching it now, it like is obviously no less relevant and I, it feels more relevant. Well, it, yeah, it, specifically the part where it's like something has rendered um, women infertile and it's like, you know, that they never i don't they never really talk they never really establish what no what happened yeah. but you know it, it could have been some sort of virus and 
we don't know what the long-term effects of, of COVID are. That's oh, no. one of the scariest oh. parts of it is that we don't know. They mention a pandemic right. in 2008. That's what kills Clive Owen's son in the right, film. Right, right. And Julianne Moore's son. That's right, they say a flu pandemic. Yeah, flu yeah. pandemic. So that's cool. That's cool, 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 fun, cool, <laughs> chill. So first of all, before we get into the movie, which, oh, is, sorry. which is one of my, I mean, I'll just lay it, I'm laying my cards on the table here. Lay them out. One of my favorite movies, <laughs> like, of all time. And it holds the fuck up. <laughs> it truly does. I'll say it. You did. I'll say it. You, you. Um, but uh, but before we get into it, the DVD itself, as a as an artifact, as a unit, mm. we pop it in. Uh huh. First thing we get, we get a trailer for the Charlize Theron movie Ion Flux. <laughs> yeah. On HD DVD. HD DVD doesn't exist anymore. Nope. Then we get a long trailer for the movie Heroes. No, sorry, sorry. The TV show. Then we get a long trailer for the NBC TV show Heroes. Heroes. And I was like, oh man, remember Heroes? I was so into that first season. And then I don't think I finished it. Like, I think it didn't yeah. hold up or something. But I was like really into that first season of Heroes. What did I write down here? <laughs> I don't know. What I wrote, right. I, it looks like I wrote down Good Stevens. Good, Good Slip. Good Slepper? Good, I don't know. Good Shepherd. And Good Shepherd. Good Shepherd. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Holy fuck. There was also a trailer for the movie The Good Shepherd. Yeah. And I was like, did we see that? And you were like, yeah, we definitely watched that. And I was like. I think maybe we didn't finish it. Oh, okay. I think we, I have a distinct memory of watching it at your mom's house. In that weird summer of our lives where we lived at your mom's house. Yeah. And it, I think we were both like, this is not for us. This and is- I, we may have fallen asleep. Like, we may have literally fallen asleep. Oh, wow. Which does not happen often. Um, anyway, that so it just felt like a real artifact of its time, a real, like, time capsule to the DVD era. Yeah. Which I, you know, that's kind of what we're doing here. I mean, obviously we'll cover Blu-rays as well in this <laughs> dumb thing, but but it felt like, oh yeah, okay, this is a DVD a from DVD. 2006 or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was very funny in that way. Yeah. Anyway, getting into the film, like you said, 2027, <laughs> seven years hence. 2027, seven years hence. It's just very like, oh. Yeah, I like it. Just it feels very real. It feels very like and and the way that it's shot and the way that it's scripted. It all it's a, you know the the tone of it feels very real. Like I well, think yeah, exactly. It's about it. Feel, it felt uh, did I cut you off? No, no, no. It felt to me like a it was a world that had spun completely out of control, mm-hmm. and like that's the and it does such. a... I mean, we talked about Quaron last week. We really did. Which is, like, so crazy. But Quaron, you know, in all his films, you know, but this one especially. There was a cat. There was the cat. There like was I, a cat. I, the cat that I mentioned last week. Last week. I, this it seems so, like, not random. I swear it's random. It's random. It's I random. I swear. Um, but uh, he does such a good job. Renoir-esque, I would say, oh, of boy. creating the world, oh, creating the world that exists outside the frame that you're looking at, you know, and just like completely believable in every way. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like what every movie does where it's like, here's a screen of 
some exposition of a newscaster or whatever. Right. Well, you have, but you have to do that. Yeah, you, you, of course. Especially, you know. I don't begrudge that. I I definitely get very frustrated and and like a little bit angry with movies that don't do that, that yeah. don't establish the world. Um, I think that's so important. Right. Um, and yeah, give me a block of text that just says like it's twenty one hundred. Like right. there's robots. Like whatever. I don't. Right. Care. Exactly. Like I'm not super super picky about it, but it is amazing when it's craftier. And I feel like obviously Cuomo does an amazing job with that. Like you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think this is just because of the state of the world currently. I think that cause, cause I didn't feel this way when I watched it the first time when it came out, um, about the world anyway, I was just like a little bit more naive and younger and wasn't as focused on politics and kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Um, but I still knew, you know exactly where you are. Right. From, like the the sets, the way people the way people are talking, the the coloring of it, it's very like blues and grays and yeah, dull washed and out, yeah. washed out. Yeah, like he, it's just it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It is it is just like one of and it's I, I feel like it didn't I feel like now everyone kind of not everyone, but I feel like now it gets a lot of love, but I don't feel like it got a lot of like play at the time and yeah. I remember seeing it and being like well that's like the best movie I've seen <laughs> in like a decade and you know I'm like, I was like 20 or whatever so right. it's not I'm not <laughs> I wasn't the best movie I've seen since I was 10 <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> but you know what I mean like it's it's very um, uh, it's just so such a beautiful movie and you know one thing we should talk about is just how stressful it is yes it is so the tension is ratcheted up so high for, for almost the entire duration in Whoa. a way that, you know what it reminded me of watching it? Because um, just the stakes feel incredibly high. Mm-hmm. You're so invested in the characters. It reminded me so much of when Game of Thrones was really popping. And, like, you're watching Game of Thrones. You don't know what's going to happen. You're so into so much of it. Yeah. Because, and I think a lot of it has to do with Julianne Moore's character. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Like shows up and then is, like, done away with very quickly. Shows up as the love interest, as this, like, he... So, Julianne Moore... Did we say Clive Owen is the star of this? I think I said Clive Owen. Okay, I was like, anyway, Clive Owen, uh, star of this film. And, uh, you know, Julianne Moore shows up and it's his wife, ex-wife? I don't know if they ever actually established. But basically, was his wife, they had a kid who died, and they both kind of reacted differently to that. So Mm -hmm. they haven't, you know, spoken, but then... She, you know, calls on him to help with this girl, blah, 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 whatever. But so she shows up as this love interest. And it's kind of like, I think, I think, you know, we're conditioned to be like, oh, this is the love interest. You know what I mean? This is the central couple. This is what the story we're going to be following. And then they immediately take her away from you. Yeah. And it's like, what is happening? In a like terrifying scene. insane. Terrifying and like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that I, the, like you were saying, like it keeps you up here. We're motioning up high. By the yeah. Way. It's we're putting a our hands you above our heads. Above, above our heads. As Mike's if to about say. six feet tall. So, you know, um, <laughs> and, and this is how the whole movie is. You're, you think you're in one scene. You think you know where you are. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're not there anymore. Right. But in this amazing way. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not jarring, but it's upsetting. Yeah. Which is perfect. Right. And there's a couple (laughs) of those really long takes throughout. Yeah. One shot That are like really, like that can be distracting sometimes. They can be, I love them. Uh Like I I love that as a, as a thing. I think it's just 
like for lack of a better word, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's always like fun and cool and like Alfred Hitchcock's Rope is like one of my favorite movies and like whatever. But um but here it really serves the the narrative in a, in a really beautiful way and like there's that scene there's the scene where they're escaping with that car down the hill there's like the see all the stuff in the camp at the end mm-hmm. and stuff which is crazy and yeah. that's something just to bring up like the movie i think you know when i saw it when i was younger and i was like oh this is about like bush and iraq and like <laughs> like bush wow <laughs> fuck bush <laughs> and i still feel that way but like I think a thing that was obvious at the time and I'm sure I picked up on but I really but really I really felt it viscerally this time was just how much the movie is about immigration. Yeah. And yes. how much of the how much the movie's about like like refugees. borders and refugees and like you know treating refugees with dignity and like yeah. and like you know like xenophobia and how that becomes government policy and all this stuff and in in a way that I feel you know, I I think I just feel more now, yes. which is not great. I should have felt it before. Right. But I mean, like, it's like we can talk about regrets for the whole <laughs> podcast, but that's not what this is. So this like, is Regrets Deathmatch, <laughs> where we talk about our regrets. We pit our regrets against. Many regrets. Yes. Um, um, no, but I just felt it really viscerally this time in a way that yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what that's clearly. And, and you know, coming from, like, Alfonso Cuarón, who has such like a amazing like um, versatility, like is mm-hmm. like jumping from gravity to does E Two Mama Tambien, Harry Potter, like yeah. Gravity, Roma, like all these amazing films, and so it was just I and this is like I, I I've lost the thread of what I'm saying, but it's it's so great, it's so great, it's a great guy. <laughs> no, I definitely no, I know what you mean about the the one um you know the one shot one take shot can be distracting, but and it and I know what you're saying, but the way that it's distracting is it's what's frustrating for me is that I'll get halfway or most of the way through a a shot. And then I'm like, wait a minute, is this one shot? And then I'm not paying attention. And then you're looking for the cut. And I'm going back and I'm saying, wait, was that a cut? Did they sneak a cut in there? And that part is frustrating, but that feels a lot more like my own uh, faulty wiring in my brain where I need to like figure stuff out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was the one scene where it's, you know, in the, in the refugee camp, there's explosions and, and we're just following Clive Owen running through this insane battle. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, this is so cool. I want to do that. Like, this is so like, I I was like, this would be so cool to choreograph Mm -hmm. and so like technical craft yeah like so hard to like make work and 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 to have that thing where you're like like as an actor where you're like doing all of the choreography but then you also have to shut that off and do the acting i think that like that would just be so much fun and a real challenge (laughs) anyway that's my like that's my nerd part of it (laughs) that i'm like ah can i say no what Okay, well, this was fun. <laughs> Can I say um, that I kind of, like, always felt this way, but watching it this time, I was like, this is the be- This is my favorite Michael Caine performance. Oh, my God. By, like, ten miles. And I love Michael Caine. Like, yeah. I love, like, I, you know, so many great, great performances. Great performances, yeah. Like, going back, I was just watching a bunch of his stuff from the 70s, and I'm, like, very love him. I listened to his autobiography on Audible because, like, 
you can it's he reads it he, so it's just oh like my God. like i don't even know what he's saying like i know what he's saying but i just like i don't really care about so that much but like his voice <laughs> is so great yeah but his performance here is so unlike a lot of things that he's done and it's so fun and beautiful and like yeah. he just he's he plays like this old codger that clive owen has a relationship with who like grows weed and is like crazy this, this old hippie yeah the little hippie who like and it's he just has such like a spark and is so like amazingly vital and so it's like really, yeah it's, it's really so, great it's it's really it's so great <laughs> He's There's so no great. tension in this part of the podcast because no, we're just saying, like, we're just like, yes. we love it. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, like, can't, um, oh, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher his name, and I'm so sorry. Chihuahua Legiofor? I think it? so. I think that's how, you, I'm so sorry. I know you're an avid listener. I'm really sorry if I said it wrong, but. <laughs> to this podcast that has not been released yet. Has not aired yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's so good. He's so he's good. like. He's like the bad guy, but but not but not. Yeah. He's 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 so he's on the the rebel side, but he's on a more extremist yeah, side of it and exactly. and there's like sort of a misunderstanding and it's just he just plays it so beautifully that kind of like um uh like flawed bad guy. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? like, like it's you, like the what's the opposite of a tragic hero? Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I it's mean? Well, it's just a villain who you understand exactly what yeah, they're doing and what they're yeah. going through and why they're doing it. Which I think is is a lot about the person's performance. Like it's not mm-hmm. necessarily just how it's written. Like Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with playing villains is that you have to find the humanity in them in order to play them. And when you can when you can do that and also have me go Oh, I I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I think that's like really beautiful. Yeah, and he's so he great. He does such a great job with it. Yeah. And who's the actress who Pam Ferris who plays like the older woman who helps them? Oh, oh she plays Trunchbull in Matilda. Trunchbull in Matilda. Yes, yeah, exactly. And Aunt Marge. Yeah. Right, and she oh, she's, she's also so amazing. Good as like this this woman who is kind of like just along for the ride for some of it, but she also has her own story. And it's right. Like, well, it's like, it's like she's along for the ride and you're kind of like, why is she here? And then she reveals her backstory in kind of like a, a exposition monologue, but that's okay. But she's a, uh, like a, like an OBGYN. Yeah. And she just talks about like when it all started first, it was like first, you know, three women came in in the same week and had mis- miscarriages and it, she was there and, and, it wraps up. I'm good again. I'm gonna butcher this, but it wraps up with her saying like, "I was there for the end of it," and uh, they're with this woman who was somehow miraculously pregnant. And Clive Owen's character says, "And you'll now you're here for the beginning." Yeah. And I literally wept, <laughs> and I want to cry right yeah. now. And it's just it's it, it like again. That's just like she does an incredible job. There's not there's not a single wasted character in yeah, this exactly. in this world and it's so well done. Right. And, and like yeah, go ahead. It, the whole thing is about hopelessness mm-hmm. and I mean that's what the central like metaphor in it of not having a future generation. Right. You know what I mean is and I mean it, you know and that's I'm I'm minim- I'm kind of minimizing it by even like putting it in those terms but oh, no, but I but, I, but yeah. like the whole thing is about like having a watching the world spin out of control, not having any hope, like, but maintaining a small sliver. And, you know, I mean, we can talk about the ending, like really, really, really spoilery, but if you haven't 
seen it, like, you should go see it before you listen to this. Yeah. But, like, the ending isn't even that hopeful, but it's just a a hope a of glimmer, a hope. A glimmer. Like, exactly. And I think that that is it's so... It's a literal glimmer. Yeah, it really is a literal a glimmer a literal glimmer. Yeah. Um, Woo! There's a weird shot in that final... This, in that, there's a very weird shot at the end that feels very strange. The like documentary kind of shot, like you all of a sudden feel like you're on that. Yeah. So, so the shot. very end again. Spoil like yeah. Like I'm so like we're talking about the movie. You should see it. It's great. Yeah. The very very end is they've gotten away. They've gone through hell. Mm-hmm. Clive Owen is dying in this boat. They're like waiting at where they're supposed to meet these people who are going to rescue this woman. And the yeah. whole hope for the future is with this group. They're not coming. Clive Owen kind of dies. <laughs> kind of. He kind of dies. I mean, yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. I mean, he's like, you know, he's kind of teaching her how to take care of her baby in this beautiful way because he's lost his son, whatever. Um, and then on the horizon, you see the boat coming. You see And you light. don't know that it's the boat, but it's right. a boat coming. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. And then there's a shot of it, like a close-up of the boat. Yeah. That, like you said, it feels like you're all of a sudden in a documentary about a boat. Yeah. And the boat's called Tomorrow. Yeah. Which is a little on the nose, but like, right. okay. <laughs> um, and then you're back to the shot of the of her in the boat by herself with the thing, you know, them on the, the boat coming on the horizon. And yeah. Stuff. But it, that is a very weird moment where it feels like someone inserted like a shot. Yeah, like, is like, it like someone, it's as if they, they had a cut of it and then they showed it and people were like, I don't get the ending. Yeah. And someone was like, well, put this in there. It's weird. It. It's weird. I don't hate it, but it's yeah, weird. Yeah, it is weird. No, you're right. I didn't think about that, but yeah. Um, it's definitely weird. I, last thing, last thing I'll have to say about this is that I'm, if you, okay, this is us talking about movies. Mm-hmm. People are going to hear this a lot. Oh boy. I'm so glad this is just a movie <laughs> and it's just a movie and it's two hours long and then it's over. And like, there's not another season of it where like you have to see what happens to her. Like it says what it wants to say. Yeah. And I, this is not me. I understand that like the financial incentives in the industry have changed and everything's different now and everything has to be eight seasons and like, but like, you know, and everything has to be Marvel Universe. And, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's obvious parallels with The Handmaid's Tale, mm. which like we, which I feel like has a similar, I mean, not really, but like has some similarities, yeah, some yeah, Venn yeah. diagram. Yeah. Um, and love that first season of The Handmaid's Tale. Right. You know what I mean? But like we got, it's like after a while it does feel, like if, if okay, here's how I'll end it. Here's, here's what I'll say. <laughs> if that Handmaid's Tale with that director and Elizabeth Moss and all that had been a two-hour movie, yeah. It would have been amazing, incredible. Yeah. And I still like the current Handmaid's Tale. It's fine. Right. But it's like that first season, the style, the like, the performances, everything, so good. So good. And then it turns into something where they're trying to prolong it because it's popular. Right, exactly. Yeah. Because of financial incentives, which I understand is no one's fault, but like... Well... Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but... Yeah, anyway, so, it, the, you know, I'm just so glad that this is just, like, contained as a movie, a beautiful thing. Yeah, there's a world in which this script happens now, and they make it a TV show. Definitely. Or, or a, what's supposed to be a limited series, and then it's not a limited series. Right, exactly. And they, Yeah, exactly. And then it's, you're on the fourth season of Children of Men, and you're like, wait, what? what? I thought <laughs> we really, like, did a deep dive on, like, the the weird cop at the in immigration camp. Yeah, By the flashback way, episodes. Yeah, oh, flashback episodes. <laughs> Every show 
has flashback <laughs> episodes because, oh, we, we don't want to, I mean, like, Reese Witherspoon can't be in all eight episodes. So, like, we'll get, every show has has to have an episode around episode six. Six, seven, Where, yeah. like, they explain what you already know. Yeah, it's anyway. that Pat Oswalt thing. I just oh, yeah. want to see the thing that I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but, the, sp- sorry, speaking of that, the weird cop at the immigration camp, uh-huh. played by, I want to say Peter Mullen, I think his name is. Okay. Star of Session 9. <gasps> right. Which is one of the great oh. horror movies of all time that is Oh, God, underseen. we're going to have to watch it. We're going to have to watch Session 9 oh, for this podcast. No! We're going to have to watch it. It's the scariest movie ever. Anyway, that's not we'll this get podcast. To it. We'll get to it. So anyway, that's all Ooh. I have on Children of Men. Yeah. So in conclusion, Children of Men, fabulous. Hey, uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. On Children of Men. Yes. <laughs> you, were, you were like waiting the whole time. You're like, do they like this movie or not? <laughs> I think, oh, okay. I thumbs up. Thumbs up. Oh, thumbs up. All right. Yeah, great, yeah. Great, great. Wow. Okay. That's um, a real nail biter. I don't um, think we said that was number 257. 257. But enough about number 257. Let's move on to number 449, Frosty the Snowman, the 1969 classic. Is it? Um, The IMDb summary is, a living snowman and a little girl struggle to elude a greedy magician who is after the snowman's magic hat, which is giving Uh this movie too much credit. Also, it's technically a short, but that's fine. Um, quick sort of side note, as I were, as I was, uh, you know, setting up my notes for this episode, I, I went and looked for the IMDb page and so I can get the summary and I just put in Frosted the Snowman and the first hit is that apparently as of July, 2020, there's a new animation in pre-production starring Jason Momoa as Frosty the oh, Snowman. Oh, hell yeah. I'll watch that. So like... Okay. Anyway, there might be an update coming Frosty soon. the Swole Man. Hey! Yikes. <laughs> the look I'm getting. Yikes. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, if if you are around our age, you've, you've probably seen seen this. Uh, Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. <laughs> it's, it is very weird. It's not, it's not Rudolph. No. Or what's the other one? There's another classic Christmas... Claymation oh, thing. Yeah, Rudolph. It, yeah, there's like a trio. It's like Rudolph. Oh. Well, there's like, I mean, there's, the, so the, here's the, ca- the canon of Christmas specials. Yeah. Charlie Brown, yes. Grinch, Rudolph. Yes. yes. This, I guess, is like in there. Well, it's in there, but it's kind of like the Bobo version. Like, it feels like yeah. this is not, I think that you could kind of say about our generation that most of us have seen Rudolph. Like, we know sure. what the Rudolph is. And then it's, like, another layer of, like, well, have you seen Frosty? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think not necessarily everyone has seen Frosty. It's not just Frosty the Snowman. It's Frosty the Snowman m- merged together with, like, Santa Claus and stuff. Right. Because Frosty, the song, has nothing to do with a magician. There's no Santa. There's no Christmas. Right. It's just a song about a snowman that comes to about life. because snow. of Because of a magic hat. Right. But this is trying to be a Christmas special, so like Santa's there, and this, and he like gives a talking to to this like a very annoying magician, yeah, who's like doing a weird, I don't know what it is, yeah. Also, like, look, none of the children are wearing pants. It's yeah, snowing outside. Right. This felt so long. 
and it is like 20 minutes. And I was like, and, and look, we, I, like you said, I, I love and appreciate like 2D animation, 2D animation. 2D animation, mm-hmm. and like we watch Charlie Brown Christmas every Christmas with our kids, and we love it. It's like that has a that has like a a, um, a handmade like incoherent quality to it that I love. <laughs> uh huh. And this doesn't have that at all. It's at like all. it just. I mean, it's it's animated, but it just looks kind of drab, and like the jokes just don't land. But they're not like interesting, and also like I don't who. I don't know who Jimmy Durante is. I know him like as a reference, <laughs> but like that narrator of just like, "Hey kids," like, yeah, like it's weird, it's, y'all. It's like I don't know who this is, and and uh, you know maybe well, kids in the sixties. He was like a big deal. I don't know, but right, and definitely like in like we definitely owned this this movie before we had kids. Did we? I don't. Yes, I was going to ask because I was like, I don't remember why we have this. Because I'm, I'm sure that I bought a box set that had Rudolph, this, and something else in it. That was all like, oh, those classic like Christmas movies or whatever. And before, before watching it as an adult, in my memory, I couldn't have told you what it was about. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't like. I was really paying attention. Yeah. It was very, like, vague pictures and stuff. So, so especially watching it. So, watching it as an adult was weird. Yeah. And then especially watching it, trying to kind of, like, you know, take notes and, and, and do a podcast on it was like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are no people of color at oh, all. Oh, no. Oh, at my God. All. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Zero. Are you kidding? Zero. Um, the, the, like, weird um, Foley sound effects make it sound like it was a radio play that they decided to put a cartoon on. I wonder if that's true. I don't know. Um, but like, it's it like some, what do you remember what the thing was that happened? And you were like, why does it sound like they're like breaking eggs or something? No, I don't remember. There was some weird thing that was like, why is this sound happening? Like it was completely incongruous. Also Frosty has the voice. The guy who voices Frosty (laughs) is like a middle-aged, like, like, mob connected guy from the I mean I'm sure the actor is like lovely was a lovely person but like he has the voice of like 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 one like one of the capos from the Sopranos yeah but like this one of the capos from the Sopranos that like oh his nickname is Sweetie or yeah. something Bobby Bacala you're thinking of. I mean you don't you don't you don't, don't watch, watch the Sopranos, Sopranos. <laughs> but he it's like Bobby if Bobby Bacala was a was a uh, was a snowman snowman. <laughs> snowman is the word I'm looking for and you know he's like he says like uh, well, he's he's like I I think I'm alive, kids. Like <laughs> that was just, a weird like almost uh, yeah, Irish yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> he when he Could wakes I up, really be alive. When he wakes up every time they like put the magic hat on him, he goes Happy Birthday. Never <laughs> explain like, it. What? <laughs> he's saying Happy Birthday to himself. Yeah, but is he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I hate it. It, it, it. At the end of my notes, it literally just says, did an actual child write this? Because it feel, that's how insane it feels. But it's not good, you guys. I, um, also, I also noted mm. that, so this came out in 1969. Mm-hmm. The song, Frosty the Snowman, came out in 1951. So this is a special based on an 18-year-old song. <laughs> And if we did that today, uh-huh. there would be an animated special 
about the song Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne. Oh my god, that would be great. We should do that. That would be great. Nobody take that. Copyright. Copyright on the song Skater Boy by Avril Lavigne? On the animation to the song Skater Boy by Avril <laughs> I don't think Lavigne. that works that way. Yes, it does. Okay, I'm great. pretty sure you just say copyright out loud. Uh, copyright. I have a friend who's a lawyer, so... I have a friend who's a lawyer. <laughs> well, I just watched all of Better Call Saul, so oh, I know shit. a lot, too. <laughs> We're essentially Guys, lawyers. this movie is not good. The girl's name is Karen. She is a Karen. Like, it's just wow. not. It's not good. Wow. It's not Total good. Total Karen. Total Karen. All right, well, there's not really much tension here. Well, but, uh, okay, sure, but. But. Because we have to remember, in talking about these these uh, films, it's not just which film do we like better. It's about the DVD. That's true. Now, of the two, Children of Men versus Frosty the Snowman, which is more likely to not be available on streaming? It's Frosty the Snowman. So in theory... I guess, but like, would I ever want to watch Frosty the Snowman again? Even with the kids? Uh, all right, yeah, fine. <laughs> But the thing is, with, with Children of Men, we have the DVD, and I'm kind of like, oh, I should get the Blu-ray of this. Right, you'd rather watch a better quality version of it. Yeah, I should get the Blu-ray. So, I don't know. I don't know. I have a confession to make, also, is that I almost bought some DVDs this week. Michael! <laughs> Barnes & Noble, 50% off Criterion Michael. sale. Michael! I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> Filled up the cart. Didn't pull the trigger. Oh, my God. It's also, uh, yeah. So. We are in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> I know. I'm going to make some poor... <laughs> poor shopping decisions. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say make some poor like uh, warehouse worker and then oh, yeah. UPS driver bring me like fucking... Frosty uh, the Snowman Criterion Collection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've bought a lot of dumb shit online, though, during the pandemic. I'm not That's claiming true. that I have not. That's true. Yeah, so I honest, honest and truly, I don't know which one. Because we're more I likely, do. but no, but because we're more likely to, yes, we're more likely to watch Children of Men again than we are to watch Frosty, but we're more likely to um, upgrade the quality of Children of Men that we have and, and want an upgraded quality of Children of Men than we are Frosty. And Good point. is this about, is this purely about cutting our collection in half or is it about like, like refining it, refining it? Yes. Oof. Right? God. Right? This sucks. <laughs> no, it's about gay. It's just about, it's just about, you've got to make an arbitrary decision at the end of these episodes. Arbitrary? Yeah. No, we the whole thing is arbitrary. A, it's random. Well thought out, well thought out. Yeah, but out Frosty, I never want to watch it again, even with our children. There's so but what many. What if our children want to watch it? Then I'll say there's so many better Christmas movies to watch. <laughs> we can watch Arthur Christmas. That's delightful. Arthur Christmas is really great. Arthur Christmas. Yeah, The Grinch is great. The Grinch, the, the the um, the original. The Jim Carrey one has its has its charms. I haven't seen the Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> one. There's a lot of Grinches. <laughs> um, Charlie Brown is great. Uh, Rudolph. I don't like it, but like, sure, fine. <laughs> well, we'll get to that one. Oh, we will. Um. Yeah, I guess. I'm not bullying you into this. No, I don't actually care. I'm just exactly. doing it for the pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, clearly we're getting rid of Frosty. Come on. Come on. Sorry, Frosty. You gotta go. You're not good. You're not good. You're not good, and you don't hold enough. You don't have enough of a 
of a hold in my childhood uh, no. memory to actually be worth saving. Yeah, we never watched it. We watched. I think you we, didn't watch it as a kid. No. What were our Christmas like? I remember the Alf Christmas special, <laughs> or the Christmas episode. Anyway, I've never seen Pee Wee. I think had one. Pee Wee definitely had it. Because um, Feliz Navidad. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. All right. Well, great All pod. Right, well, it's not Christmas. It's Christmas for someone who's going to receive our copy of Frosty the Snowman on DVD. Hey! I don't know. we got to figure out what we're doing with these I DVDs. I know. We're getting we should, we, well, because this is something we've been talking about, you guys. It's about... So we haven't officially thrown out, donated, whatever, anything yet. Right. We have a pile. We have a pile of the ones that have, have lost the death match. So yeah, so this is something we've really been uh, kind of trying to figure out. We do... We thought it'd be funny... Um, to do we we usually have a holiday party around the holidays um and we started a fun tradition this year where um we had a a kind of a raffle giveaway thing because we had all this stuff that like amazon accidentally sent us or we had two of or something so we just kind of did this random giveaway to people who were (laughs) at the party guys our parties are really fun it was fun um so uh trivia contest slash something slash raffle yeah so but uh, but friends of ours were like oh so you're gonna have a lot of dvds to give away at the holiday party this year and i was like oh my god we should do that yeah you could also donate them to a library or something yes we could also donate them to a library um, yeah, I don't know. So we're trying to figure that out. We also what? send them to a lucky listener. It's true. It's true. We could figure out some kind of giveaway that way. Yeah. So anyway, if you have an idea, you should get in touch with us and tell us what we should, what we should do with the, the, uh, poor souls that have lost the death match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> true. Oh my gosh. All right. All right. It is time to pick next week's. Deathmatch. How many uh, are we down to now? We're down to... So we are down to 1,310 DVDs. All right. Hey, Siri. Uh-huh? Pick a number between 1 and 1,310. A random number between 1 and 1,310 is 263. 263 is the 1950 Disney movie Nineteen. Oh, oh, okay, Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah. Well, there are many versions of Cinderella, sure. so it, you said that, and I was like, oh, is it not? Anyway, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> Cinderella. Okay, great, Cinderella. awesome. All right, let's see what's going up against Cinderella. Okay. Hey Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred ten. A random number between one and one thousand three hundred ten is nine hundred thirty-two. 932. It's another animated movie. Oh, okay. It is the Powerpuff Girls movie. <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> From 2002. Okay! That's a little spicy. It is a little spicy. Oh, because Cinderella, classic, classic, classic. Like, classic, classic. Powerpuff what? Girls movie, good. I would say classic, 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 but <laughs> let's save it for next week. I'll save it for next week. Maybe we'll have a special Ask, guest. Yeah, have a special guest next week. Uh, so you'll have to come back and see. Um, you can get in touch with us um, at uh, DVD Deathmatch pretty much everywhere because I snagged that username right quick. Um, you did. You did. I really did. I appreciate all your hard work. Yes. Uh, you know what? I hope everyone is staying safe and sane in these crazy times. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Maybe by the time we post this, this will all be over. Wouldn't that be amazing? What, like Tuesday? <laughs> no, it's not. This is episode four. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to be over. Come on! God. Yeah. Anyway. We're not posting this till 2025? <laughs> God. Very close to Children of Men times. Yes, very right, close. Goodbye. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Anyway, come back next week and see who survives DVD Deathmatch. This effortless banter has been goddamn okay. All uh, recorded for posterity. We gotta quit. Okay. No one wants this. Everyone wants this!